0: So you see in all these examples, we just have this immediate reaction in our mind that about a particular person or a brand and what this book is all about when it talks about the law of leadership is that marketing has the ability to get in the minds first and that and then they will have a greater share of wallet.
1: You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Wednesday, so this is our hashtag one thing episode. Sangram and I discuss various topics that are applicable to you and our community, like personal development, trends in the marketplace, big wins, big mistakes, and more. Here we go. Welcome back to the flip my funnel podcast. My name is James Carberry. I'm one of the producers of the show here as always with Sangram Vajray. Sangram, how you doing? Ready to go, man. Love it. So today, Sangram, we are going to be talking about the 22 immutable laws of marketing. Uh, This is a book from back in 1993, but has some really timeless truths in it. Sangram, why is this a book that you wanted to cover?
0: Dude, I I think maybe I'm getting old. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I'm 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 getting old. Uh, I am maybe i am i am getting old i do not think it has nothing to do with being wise as as you get older <laughs> for me. But I, I feel like there is so much clarity and details in these books. And, and it's not like this book is like literally an, a two hour read. Um, so I was literally this weekend, um, I was waiting for my kid uh, to be done with his swimming class. And, and between those two things, I was able to read this book. Super awesome. I made a ton of notes and I've heard about this before. I had heard about this book before, but I never really went and and bought it. So I heard on something and then I said, okay, I'm going to buy it. I got it. And man, it is a goldmine. If you are yeah. in marketing and sales, it doesn't really matter if you're just marketing or sales. I think the three things that we're gonna talk through, it's it's just gonna be. Uh, it's it's going to be phenomenal for anybody who's just trying to pique their interest of what it is. And both of these authors, they are very well-known authors. There's another book called Positioning. We might do that sometime later. But man, these are lifelong lessons. If you're building a leadership team, a company, and you may be grappling with these challenges, well, why does that work? And why does this doesn't work? This, this, This book talks about why we shouldn't be just going after... The changes that are happening in the world, we actually, as a matter of fact, stay grounded in what's not changing, which is what I love about this book.
1: I love it, and so so we're going to talk about three of the twenty-two laws. Obviously, we're to, we there wouldn't wouldn't be enough time in the day for us to cover all twenty-two of them, but we're to, going to talk about your your top three. And this first law, Sangram, there's there's some questions that uh, that that we're going to go back and forth on but it's the law of, of leadership. Uh, talk to us about this one.
0: All right. Well, let me ask you three questions on that one. You ready? Yep. Yeah, James, you're going to be like, man, this, 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 how does this turn on you? But uh, <laughs> that's what we are going to make it all happen. All right. So who was the first person on Mood?
1: Uh, Neil Armstrong.
0: All right. Who was the second one?
1: I have no clue.
0: All right. Well, all right. So that's, and now you probably get a handle for where I'm going with it. So, So let's just do this one. Who was the first president of the United States?
1: George Washington. Second, John Adams. Third, Thomas Jefferson.
0: Oh, man, you aced that one. I wonder how many people did that.
1: I'm just glad you didn't ask me about the fourth one. That's where the (laughs) the wheels would have fallen off.
0: Dude, the three, but the fact that you were able to get the three was phenomenal. All right. Now, let me ask you this, which is the leading sports drink? Gatorade. So, you see, in all these examples, we just have this immediate reaction in our mind that about a particular person or a brand and what this book is all about when it talks about the law of leadership is that marketing has the ability to get in the minds first, and, that, and then they will have a greater share of wallet in future. And what they really meant by all of this was, look, it, you, nobody remembers the second person as much as the first person on the moon or the second person as the first. It's not because they are less capable. As a matter of fact, they may be more capable than the first person. But the reality is we all as humans only have limited shelf life. And leadership is demonstrated when you're in the hearts and minds of people before anybody else gets in. And that's where the competition comes up. So if you are in sales and marketing and worrying about why are people talking about that company, we have a better product than them. Well, nobody gives a shit shit about your product in the beginning they all give a shit that they want to be part of something that is bigger and they want to be part of a leadership tribe. So if you're struggling as a company, as a marketing or sales team, I think maybe the struggle is that you're not a leader. And, and, or at least maybe, maybe you think you're a leader, but maybe your customers and future customers don't look at you as a leader. So you're not in their hearts and minds before. And it's probably really hard to measure um, those things. But the reality is people just don't have enough shelf life. And they kept on this point uh, really, really big that, Hey, look, if you're not first, then you have, you know, if you have, if you are the first person, you have an unfair advantage. Of leading a category, if you're not the first, then you are always in a defensive mode. You're always trying to get up the ladder, and that's just a hard battle to have.
1: Got it. Do they so? The, do they give any kind of hey, if 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 you weren't the first, uh, you know, here are some things you can do to kind of overcome that, or did they basically just say, you know, sorry if you're not first, <laughs> then well, well, like there's nothing really you can do.
0: Well, so that that brings to law number two perfect segue there law of the category so their point is that hey look if you can be the first in the category you create a new category and the way they explained that was like hey look um again i'm gonna ask you this question who was the first person to fly solo to atlantic ocean you know uh yep charles Lindbergh. uh and the second person no clue all right, so that was Bert Hinkler. Very few people, as a matter of fact, their studies and data points say that Bert was way better than Charles Lindbergh when it came to flying, but he was the second person, very few people knew. But then the third person was Amelia, and she was the first woman to do that, and so that started a new category, if you will, around the and why people remember Amelia and Charles Lindbergh over Bert, who was the second and probably better of both of. The three of all the three people. Uh, Mm. Same thing when you think about a leading uh, beer, imported beer. It's like Henneken is is one of the most that they probably have the largest share of wallet when it comes to imported beer. But that all that comes back to if you are not first in the category. You're going to have lesser value. You're going to be competing more. You're probably going to be competing on price and features and all those things. So it will really help you to become and figure out if there is a new category that you need to create for yourself. That's just a niche that you are the best at that and nobody can compete with you on that because that's when you can ask for more value, for more dollars can potentially create. And again, it's really hard to do. None of it is simple, but the point that I think both of these gentlemen make in this whole book is that, look, if you're not doing this, or at least if you're not thinking about this, then you're going to be fighting the wrong wrong battles. Um, so as an example, you might be fighting like, you know, you might be in a deal right now that you're like, we should be, win, we'll be winning this deal and you lose. And then yeah. you ask like, yeah. why did we lose? Well, you, did, you probably didn't lose because you have a bad product or bad feature. They probably won't even know until they use it. You lost because you're not the first in the mind. And and you had no idea that you were not first in their hearts and mind. And marketers and salespeople will do well if they can figure out how do I create that personalized relationship and be in hearts and minds of people before they can even think about the product or solution you're about to sell them.
1: Yeah, no that that oh, makes that makes perfect that makes sense. sense. And and so if if you're not necessarily you know first to market, thinking about okay is is there and is there a cat is there another category that's you know, obviously, you know, some, some share some resemblance to what you initially, you know, went to market with, but you create a new category, kind of an offshoot of that and be the leader there. Uh, that way you're not necessarily having to change your product, but maybe it's a, it's a different use case or, or, uh, you know, a slightly different way of looking at the problem that you originally came to market with. Uh, I, I think that's a really, uh, th- that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah, man, so and I'm, on that point though, just to add to that,
0: I think every company has something unique and that's what they kept talking about this in this book is they're just not looking hard enough we are it's it's so easy to say, oh, there's the category there is a market so some of these product market fit questions are already addressed there so let's just go into that category and start to dominate well unless you're putting a lot of money and energy around it maybe you you still you might end up being second and and there's no Data shows that you cannot go tip over and be first later on. But the reality is it's so easy to follow as opposed to lead. Because right. when you're following, you think there is there's that path. That somebody's carved out for you, so let me just walk on it. Versus leading... You're going to be in uncharted territory. You're going to do things that nobody has done before. You're going to talk about stuff that people are going to look at you weirdly. Like I remember people looked at me weirdly when I started talking about account-based marketing and flipping funnels. He was like, man, is he, he been drinking? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I think it's yeah. hard when you think about it, but when you do it, the rewards, according to them and the
1: data they showed, was, is amazing. I love it. All right, this third law that we're going to talk about, Sangram, is the law of focus. Talk to us about this one. All right,
0: man, this one is really interesting. And this wasn't in serial order by any chance. Like, I think they talked about leadership and category is number two. And this was somewhere down the lane. Uh, and they said, like, look, you got to own a word. Whatever that word means, you got you to gotta really own it. You think about Volvo. What's the first word that comes to mind? Safety. Right, there you go, right? Nordstrom. Service. Right, so that's what they, they talk about. Is like, Well, these B2C companies have figured out how to create a word that is so close to them. And then they get all their marketing, sales, content initiatives all around that word. Everything Mm -hmm. they do beams this this core value in some sense that they have. And that's what he talks about, the law of focus. He's like, well, if you're a B2B company, and that's what I think about, if you don't know what your one word is, and and worse and worse, If your customers don't know what your what your one word is, or what when they say, "Hey, I want to talk to a terminus," and if they can't say ABM, then you have just we have missed the boat. We haven't done a good job of marketing and sales. Or if if somebody looks at like you know we talk about Drift sometimes, it's like, hey, you know, if if they see conversational marketing and Drift doesn't come to their mind, then Drift would have lost. But I know they do. So I think that's that is the power of focus, where it is a word. And I don't, and that's the, that is the challenge we want everybody to have today is what is your one word and what is your company's one word? What is it that you stand for so uniquely, so uniquely that anybody in your organization or anybody outside in the customer community that you have would say, that's what this company stands for. And that's why I am excited because they cannot remember all the other Uh, crazy stuff that we put on our website and the messages, they will probably remember you as just one word or
1: maybe two words. Yeah. And, and just the consistent execution of, you know, all of your messaging uh, kind of going back to our episode about uh, Donald Miller's book, just having, you know, ultimate clarity in that message around this, uh, you know, around this one word and the consistency of of sharing that message over and over and over again with your LinkedIn strategy, with your email nurture strategy, you know, the, the conversations that your sales team are having with, with, uh, future customers. I mean, all, all of these things kind of compound, but if they're not all focused around that one word, it makes total sense why, why you wouldn't, you wouldn't own that word. Um, and so making sure that everyone is synced up, that everyone on the team understands, you know everyone on the terminus team knows abm is 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 the word um, and it and it you know everything in in you guys's messaging reflects that so uh, it's uh it's it's really fun to be you know talking to somebody that i feel like i, I feel like you guys are really are really nailing these and and uh and and so uh Sangram, what would you say kind of as we wrap up these you know we just talked about these three laws from this book Kind of as a challenge for the listener listening to this today, uh, you know, how would you challenge them based on what we've talked about?
0: All right. So in this book, this is something that I wrote down. Now it's in my uh, journal. I'm starting to think more about this than than any other thing lately. Especially since I read this book, is like, are we are we doing this? And and they say this. And this was really, really, it's really, really profound. So I would love for people to kind of just tune in to this part of the podcast. They say, marketing is a battle of perceptions and not products. Hmm. Let me repeat that. Marketing is a battle of perceptions and not products. And they give an amazing example. They give an example, and I think most people know this example of Herds versus Avis. Um, everybody knows Hertz is number one, uh, uh, car rental company out there. And then, and I think some, most people know that Avis have tried to get to that number one position for 13 years or something like that. When the data, this research was done and they were always losing money and they would never be able to get to it because in everybody's hearts and mind, going back to the law of leadership and law of category, they've all in the law of focus. Everybody associated herds with the best rental car, the finest rental car. So when Avis said that, nobody cared. Nobody felt it. Nobody even, um, even can believe them. Nobody trusted them. So they were yeah. missing out on all the emotional aspects of it and they were trying to go and climb this ladder. But then Avis did something really interesting that I, I, I think most people remember or know or have been talked about in Harvard Business School and all. They said, hey, they started an ad campaign that said, hey, we are number two. So why go with us? And, and the whole slogan was around, we try harder. Mm-hmm. Now, people can think about, look at that and say, well, they admitted that they're not number one. They admitted that they're not a leader. And, and that could be a really, really challenging thing to do for you to say, I'm not number two. But for 13 years, after trying for 13 years, they said, you know what? We're number two. We get it. We're number two. But here's the thing. We're going to try harder to be a better customer service. We are trying to be harder to have better car, car the rental, because we're not number, number one. So they literally put number one as a negative thing. Mm. The, the thesis in this book is around the fact that, hey, look, the reason Avis was able to turn all of the negative perceptions into positive And the reason Avis then became almost competitive to to Hertz, at least in that era when they started this ad, was because they tapped into the human emotion aspects of life. We we all are trying harder. And when they said we are trying harder, it connected with them at a human level. So the challenge for everybody is, are you connecting at a human level with your customers and future customers? Do they look at you as a product? Or do they look at you as a guide like we, t- we talked about in, in the Donald Miller's uh, book review last week? Uh, and, and probably the most of all, this is, this is a challenge for everybody, is that when you go back and spend some time with your teams, and, and, or even most importantly, with your customers, asking them, how do they look at you? What is their perception of you as a brand? And whatever the word or the phrase they use for you, you need to really look at it and say, you know what, that's what we need to center our business around. And if it's not what you want, then you need to work harder to change the perception. But if they have something, a word or a phrase that they grapple around you and say that this is what you stand for in their minds, then you need to really double down on that and use that phrase or word to be the focus, to create that leadership, that category and focus so you can drive amazing results.
1: Love it. Love it. as always, it's been fantastic, man. I'm looking forward to next week. All
0: right, man. Next week, next book. It's been phenomenal.
1: Flip My Funnel is on a mission to build the largest and most engaged community of B2B professionals in the world. Join the movement at flipmyfunnel.com. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player